Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Real World Nutrition Podcast. This is episode 82, Stop Food Waste. Hi, everyone. I am Shelly Rael, registered dietitian nutritionist, the host and founder of Real World Nutrition. So as this episode drops, it's still April, and we are observing Earth Month. So today, I want to address one of those things that we one of those topics we have during Earth Month, but also year round on what we can do to stop or at least significantly reduce our impact by reducing food waste. So food waste is one of these things that we address to help reduce our impact on the planet and what we are doing with regard to pollution and greenhouse gases and environmental issues that are happening on planet Earth. So for Stop Food Waste Day, which was earlier in April, it was I don't know why I didn't write it down. I believe it was April 26. I could be slightly off on that. Doesn't really matter because this is something we should be doing all the time. But I first want to introduce or give you some statistics that even though I've seen them and known them for a while, still think that's a, that there's a significant impact here that are pretty startling. So the stats here, let me just jump into this because I'm rambling. So about one third of the food produced globally is lost or wasted each year. So I'm going to talk about the difference between food loss and food waste here in just a couple minutes. So one third of that food produced globally is lost or wasted. So if you think 300 pounds of food, 100 pounds of that is gone. Just throw it in the trash. It's no good. It's wasted. It's lost. The average American family spends over $1,800 annually on wasted food. So this is $1,800. And that's before all the food costs from the last couple years have been significantly, I shouldn't say significantly increased, but some people are noticing an increase in food costs, $1,800. So just take $2,000 and throw that in the trash too. About 25% of the food wasted globally could feed the undernourished people in the world. Now, this is a disparity that is global And a lot of people, depending on your age, may have an idea of what this looks like. But we have a lot of hunger and malnutrition in the United States, too. And then here's one people have don't usually think of or don't know. About 8% of greenhouse gas emissions annually are from food loss and food waste. So this is food that is thrown away. It goes to the landfill. And that rotting food, that decomposing food, is emitting greenhouse gases. So a lot of people have ideas of what where greenhouse gases come from, but most people don't think of this little bit as well, and it does add up. So let me clarify the difference between food loss versus food waste, because there is a difference. And you control one of them. So food loss occurs before the food reaches the consumer. 
And the farmers and companies are really working hard to minimize food loss. I mean, imagine being a farmer and you're raising a crop and a third of your food is gone before it even reaches market. That's That would suck. A third of your work is gone. Now, food loss could be weather-related, like a freeze right before the harvest and the crop is damaged and unusable, unsellable. A crop that's just getting ready for, har- for harvest, and then there's a massive flood. that, could, Or even just a rain. It doesn't have to be a flood. A rain that could contribute to mold on that crop. That would be a loss. It could be from pests, animals, bugs, fungus, an invasive weed that damaged the crop, making it inedible. It could also be from an accident. A truck, transportation truck, has an accident and food is scattered across the highway. It's damaged. It's unusable. You can't pick up the head of lettuce from the side of the road and still take it to the grocery store and sell it. Food loss could also be damage to packaging in transit to the truck or into the store. So one of the big things I learned about years ago is that the plastic milk containers that we have, just a small nick from a knife, cutting open open a box or a crate, for example, you get that whole container of milk is lost. It's gone. Food loss. And it could be Food loss could be the fresh fruits and vegetables rotting in the grocery store before they're sold because people didn't like how they looked and so they just get pushed aside. That must be discarded as well. Now, food waste. Food waste is food that has been sold to the customer. So we've purchased it, we've brought it home, and something happens to it after we've received it. So it could be the cucumber or the celery getting lost in the back of the crisper drawer. It gets moldy, slimy, because we forgot it. We bought it, but we forgot it. It can include people discarding foods past these misleading dates on containers. So people see expiration dates as they call them, but they're not really expiration dates. They're suggested dates from the manufacturer. You see these as the sell-by date, use-by date, best-by dates, And it's not related to food safety. Most of that food can still be consumed safely. Food waste can include discarding leftovers that aren't eaten within four days, so past their safe-to-eat time frame. But really, most often we're talking about food waste as food that was never prepared. Food waste can include food in the pantry that went stale, So it's still safe to eat, but it doesn't taste good. So it gets tossed. So a package of crackers that didn't get sealed back up properly doesn't taste the way we want them to, so we throw them away. Here's one more area that people don't think about. Food waste is peeling the cucumber, peeling the potato, peeling the apple, and throwing those peels away. Those peels, for one, are completely edible, but I understand not everybody wants those. But we don't have to throw them away, even though you don't eat them. I'll bring that up here in just a minute. So how can you minimize food waste in your home? Well, I've got some tips here, of course, because this is what I do. First thing, use what you have. Don't keep buying food if you still have food you can use 
in your pantry, your fridge, your freezer. Obviously, you do need to replenish staples. You do need to buy foods that you need. But a lot of times, people buy things without double-checking what they already have. So what do you have in your pantry, fridge, freezer? What can you use in the coming week before buying more? Now, pantry foods are less at risk for food waste, but why buy more if you already have something? Why buy more canned beans or tomato sauce if you already have some? Use it. What foods in the freezer need to be used? I encourage people to use frozen food within four to six months, though it can go longer. But if you have a food in there that's a year old or more, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Use it. Defrost it. Use it. It may have freezer burn, but it's probably still safe to eat. Now, foods in the fridge. It's amazing to me, and I'm guilty of this too, but it's amazing to me how much we lose food in the refrigerator. That space is not that big. What vegetables do you have that you need to use up? So work your menu around those foods that you need to use up rather than the other way around. So for example, I've gotten to where I can start rummaging through my refrigerator, find things in there. Well, not find things. I know stuff is in there and work something around that on a spur of the moment. So for example, not too long ago, I had I had a bunch of blackberries that I hadn't used. It came in a farm box that I got and I hadn't planned on them, but they were there. I had a couple of red peppers. I had some strawberries I needed to use. And I had some blue cheese. Now, red peppers, strawberries, blackberries. How does those go together? Well, I figured it out. I made a salad of it. And actually, it was pretty good. And I'm not a huge red pepper fan, but it was pretty good. So you don't necessarily have to be that creative, that bold, but just pay attention to what you have and work around that. Now, here's another important point. Buy what you need and what you will use. So hopefully you're using a list when you shop. And if you don't, that really helps with reducing cost and food waste. And then consider that the larger larger package may have a lower price per unit or per ounce, but will you be able to use it before it's too late? Well, the five pounds of bacon may be a great price compared to that one pound. Will it be used up before it gets a bit green? You really need to consider that. And a story I tell all the time, this is from more than 20 years ago. At my grocery store, I needed Velveeta cheese for a very specific recipe, and you can mock me for Velveeta cheese. I needed one pound and only one pound for that recipe. And I couldn't find the cheese anywhere in the store. Somebody helped me find it. And he was telling me, well, the two pounds is cheaper. I think it was like $1.50 more. I can't remember. And I said, no, but I just need the one pound. And this was a little bit of a contentious interaction where he thought I was, I am assuming by his tone that he thought I was ignorant for not buying the bargain where I did not need two pounds. I only needed one and I had no idea what I would have done with that additional pound. So while I did pay more per unit per pound for the one pound amount, 
I didn't throw anything away. And I actually saved a dollar fifty in reality. So, you know, it may seem more budget conscious to buy a little bit more for a smaller price per unit. But if you're not going to use it, it's not saving anything. And then on the next point, this is point three, freeze foods, freeze things. I've talked about freezing foods plenty of times and using freezer foods. Freeze foods if you buy more or make more than you need. So I'll get a bigger portion of ground meat. I'll get the three pound container of ground meat, but then break it into smaller amounts and freeze it and making sure I date that package. And if I don't do it right away, if I bought some meat yesterday, but I didn't put it in the freezer because I didn't have time at the moment, if I don't do it in the next day or so, what I could do is cook up that ground meat and then divide it up, cool it, divide it up, put it in the freezer bags, and I'll have the pre-cooked ground meat too. And then if you have extras, if you have leftovers, if you don't believe you can eat those leftovers within the next four days, wrap it up and get it in the freezer within the hour. And again, label it with the contents of the date so you don't wonder what it is a month or two later. Or you could just have a mystery dinner, defrost it and discover what it is afterwards. Then eat your vegetables. If you have vegetables at risk of being tossed, make a soup, make a stew, make a sauce, make an egg dish like a quiche or a frittata or even an omelet and use those vegetables. A couple weeks ago, I made omelets for dinner. For some reason, the red peppers are, I shouldn't say for some reason, the red peppers are in season. I had red peppers, I had mushrooms, I had another vegetable, I can't remember what it was. So I made omelets for dinner. Got those vegetables used up in that one meal. If you have mushrooms or zucchini or even asparagus, chop them up, saute them, add shrimp, add chicken, add some soy sauce, you know, get creative. You can, doesn't matter what the protein is or you don't even need to add a protein. And it doesn't matter what the sauce is. You have a veggie stir fry. You can add finely chopped broccoli or shredded carrots to spaghetti sauce. I had a client recently who said they added shredded broccoli or chopped broccoli to the spaghetti sauce. Nobody noticed. They thought it was the herbs from the seasonings rather than broccoli. And then get creative with salads. It doesn't need to just be lettuce, tomato, carrots, and cucumbers. As I mentioned, my strawberry, blackberry, red bell pepper salad from the other day. Peppers, broccoli, and snap peas can work in here too. I always throw in some nuts and a little bit of cheese. So just get creative. Really can't go wrong. And then the last point, I believe this is four, but I could be off. I wasn't paying attention. Those scraps, save those scraps and make a stock. So if you're dicing celery or using celery, you've got the leaves, you've got the base, you've got carrots, you're cutting the tips and the tops, you're peeling potatoes or peeling cucumbers or whatever that may be. Even with the bell pepper, with the seeds and the uh, stem, save all that. You can put that in a Ziploc bag or a reusable container, put it in the freezer, save those scraps, but just keep refilling the bag if you have those scraps. In a month or so, when the bag is full, you can make a vegetable stock. 
Now, I'll tell you what, I wasn't doing this until I learned about this a year ago when I was on a sponsored trip. And I happened to be at the Culinary Institute of America for this trip. And a couple people there, as well as the instructor for the course I was in, said, oh, yeah, vegetable stock, vegetable stock. You can just Google a recipe for it. I'll provide a link to the blog post related to this in the show notes so you can look up one that I've linked to. But I just take those veggie, those frozen vegetable scraps when I've got plenty and I simmer them in water and some seasoning and I get stock. So here's the thing. Minimizing food waste in your home does take practice. It's not something that will automatically happen overnight. I get it. But it will save money and help with reaching the goal of stopping food waste. I would love to hear from you about what your ideas may be related to how you can reduce or stop food waste in your home. And I'd be happy to share them here on the podcast in a future episode. That's real world nutrition. What can you do to minimize your impact on wasted food? If you're interested in working with me, you can take a look at the link in the show notes and schedule a free introductory call. I work in the area of health, wellness, and improved energy without dieting, and I can help you minimize your risk of chronic disease or help you manage your chronic disease, as well as providing you help for information and guiding you in cooking more at home if that's what you're interested in. You take care. Bye for now.